It's a special edition of Essential Pittsburgh. Looking back, looking ahead, 2014, 2015, the events that shaped our year and our future. I'm Paul Guggenheimer. In the city of Pittsburgh, there were many changes at the government level in Pittsburgh, from a new mayor to a new police chief. Looking at it all was Chris Potter, who is now with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, formerly the editor of the city paper, so he experienced his own change in this past year. He joins us in Studio A. Chris Potter, welcome back to Essential Pittsburgh. It's good to be here, Paul. Let's talk about the beginning of the Peduto administration, the Peduto era as mayor of Pittsburgh. It started in January of 2014. How would you describe the arc of his year and some of the things that uh, he changed in city government? Yeah, you know, I think he's had a pretty good year for himself, and I think that that's not surprising. We in the we in the media, especially, I think, tend to treat uh, elected officials when they win a race as if by winning something they've accomplished something. And of course, that's really just the beginning of the job. But they generally do get about a year or so, at least, to to get themselves settled in to choose the um, people that they want and the kind of business that they want to do. And um, Bill Peduto has absolutely done that. As you mentioned, he's hired himself a, a new public safety team, probably took longer than I think a lot of people um, had expected or hoped, although the mayor was pretty ob- pretty upfront about um, the fact that this was the one hire that he was going to want to take some time with. And <laughs> he lived up to that promise for sure. Um, but I think generally speaking, you've got to say right now, the guy is, um, he's still got a pretty hot hand as the as the year closes out. Um, as you and I are talking here on the uh, 19th of December, he's just um, come to an accord with uh, the Intergovernmental Cooperation Authority, um, which is sort of a state-appointed financial overseer um, with whom he has often been at odds um, this year. And uh, they seem to have at least patched that stuff over for now. He at last does have his public safety team in place, and he has a city council that by and large um, is is willing to sort of dance to his tune. You kind of rolled your eyes a little bit when you were talking about the length of time it took to put that public safety team in place of Stephen Bukhar, who is the public safety director. And then uh, months later, Cameron McLay was hired as acting police chief and then just uh, within the last few weeks was confirmed as right. uh, the uh, new police chief of Pittsburgh. What about the timetable there? Should it have happened sooner? Are you, is that what you're kind of hinting at here? <laughs> well, first, of all, I didn't know I'd be called to account for my facial expressions on the radio. That <laughs> wasn't in my contract. Um, no, I mean, I think I think there was uh, – we saw this past summer there was a spike in violence. Um, and I think there have been a lot of concerns um, with public safety in terms of, as we saw with the previous administration – um, there were obviously some ethics problems involving Nate Harper, the previous police chief, and this has sort of been the big. This has been the big lot, the key in the lock here. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, did it take too long? I'll tell. We'll know in a year or two. If if these are the right guys, then it didn't take too long. Um, if if they're the wrong guys, then yeah, it absolutely was seriously a problem. I you know I think a lot of folks who I have talked to thought it would happen sooner. Um, I guess the main thing is these folks are in place now and. And again, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what what kind of job they do, and that's really the test, I think, of this second year. Uh, the mayor has obviously been able to put in place a lot of the infrastructure, the personnel, and the policies um, that he is interested in, and and now time will tell how they pay off for him and for the city. And as far as the way Cameron McLay has approached things in uh, his first uh, few months on the job, because really he. He dove right in yeah. uh, starting in uh, September, October, and has really been trying to lay the groundwork for improved police community relations. Uh, what are you seeing as far as the inroads he's making there? I, you know, I got to say, I have never seen a, pit, a police chief in Pittsburgh 
come in as he did when he first introduced himself to the media and make a joke about sociology. I've just like never, never seen that. He is a, he is a different kind of guy and he comes from a different kind of, of city, a lot smaller, a lot more liberal than Pittsburgh is in a lot of ways, a little less diverse, um, ethnically speaking. Um, I will say that I, I think he's an, I think he's a fascinating, I think he's a fascinating guy. I mean, one of the things that struck me most about him is he has basically told officers to stop carrying blackjacks. And, you know, which are those little kind of leather things that they people on the head with. Um, and apparently I didn't know this because I've only ever really lived here. Um, apparently nobody really uses these things in the 21st century policing anymore, which is kind of news to me. And I maybe suspect news to some of the uh, rank and file officers out there on the beat. So for him, I think it was a kind of a statement about what kind of police force we're going to be. And again, how we're going to sort of relate to this community. And I think I think he's got a lot of work to do. And I, I think he's just he's an interesting departure um, in a lot of different ways from the from the police chiefs that we've seen in the past here. And the point of not carrying the blackjacks. And by the way, nice sound effects. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, because I uh, I could feel you know yeah. what it would that. <laughs> yeah, blow I'm, to the, I'm the only guest who brings his own foley right. effects with him. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> and is, is it is the idea that he's trying to send the message that uh, you know, folks, we're you know we're not here to preemptively dissuade you from. Uh, not respecting the police, resisting arrest or committing any kind of crime that that it needs to go beyond that in in the 21st century. Yeah, and I think, too, I think it wasn't just a message. I mean, my sense from this is he's not just sending a message to the public. He's also sending a message to his own department. You know, earlier this year, one of the things we learned is um, when the when the city of Pittsburgh had under the previous administration an initiative called the Pittsburgh Initiative to Reduce Crime. It was PIRC. I think I'm getting the acronym right. Um, one of the guys who was sort of responsible for pioneering that initiative later on said, I have never encountered um, the kind of resistance that I encountered from the Pittsburgh Police Bureau. Um, and I think that there's I think there's a real need to kind of say to this bureau, look, this 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 cannot continue. This cannot go on. Um, so I think that it's as much a message that he's sending. He's as, he's as interested and it's as important for him to send messages to the rank and file police as it is for those of us in the community. We're talking with Chris Potter of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He has uh, moved from the city paper to the Post-Gazette. And and your new title, tell me exactly what it is. I'm just a staff writer, man, just the toiler in the vineyard, as it were. (laughs) Chris Potter, toiler in the vineyard for the Pittsburgh (laughs) Post-Gazette. I like that. It has a nice ring to it. Joining us on a business card, nice, too. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure it does. Joining us here for this special edition of Essential Pittsburgh, looking back, looking ahead, 2014, 2015, the events that shaped our year and our future. One of the interesting things about the new mayor and the way he is going about things differently from his predecessor, Luke Ravenstahl, is the addressing the glaring issue of transparency uh, coming from the mayor's office. Uh, there was the joke about, you know, where's Luke? Where's the mayor today? Toward the waning days of his administration. And uh, here is Mayor Peduto starting from day one by putting out an itinerary what are your thoughts about the difference in his approach? Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that the itinerary is a slight bone of contention for me personally. I mean, we just saw recently the mayor was able to participate in a reality TV show, Undercover Boss, I think. Right. right. What strikes me about that is nobody knew that he was doing that because he didn't list. <laughs> I will be filming a reality TV show. On he his. was undercover. He was undercover. I realize that. But I think the point is it's very frequently the case that there are holes in that schedule. And the mayor, I mean, to his credit, he's never shied away from acknowledging this, he does have meetings which are not on that schedule. Things do happen, and and there are reasons for that. I do think um, 
So I'm sort of interested in as a sort of form of partial disclosure. And certainly you would have to say, as, as you just did, that um, any disclosure at all, I think, is a step up from um, what the city unfortunately became accustomed to. I do think there's probably room for improvement there. One of the stories I've written um, at the Post-Gazette, you know, the mayor has taken credit for the fact that he as a city councilor passed the city's first and, and only campaign finance um, ordinance. And his own election proved that there were some really serious problems with that ordinance. There's just there's some real it was not written particularly well. There are some holes in there that need to be cleaned up. And, um, you know, at the time of his campaign in 2013, he said that that was going to be one of the things that he did. Um, I can tell you it's clearly not going to happen this year and it probably can't happen until the next election cycle because you need to be fair to the candidates running then. So, uh, you know, there's some work that can be done, I think, on that transparency stuff. But I don't want to take anything away from him. It is a it is a very positive step in the right direction. Um in a, in a variety of ways. He also communicates to his constituents through Twitter. Um, he's made himself accessible in, in a lot of other ways, too. So um, don't want to take anything away from that. Um, but, yeah, there's absolutely room to improve. And and what about this, the raising the media profile of, of the mayor? He has appeared. This I mean, this has been a pretty good year for him. He's yeah. appeared on Meet the Press. He's on Undercover Boss. I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the two pillars of American journalism right there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The other day I was looking at his I was looking at his public schedule and I was like, I may be the only reporter in the United States of America who is not talking to Bill Peduto today. I almost called him up just to, just to get myself on the right side. Yeah, no, I mean, he's he's done a you know, this is in some quarters. I think he's been criticized for this just a little bit for um, taking some trips and, and uh, to and he's not going to the Super Bowl or anything like that. He's going to a bunch of policy wonk conferences filled with people like himself. But there's there's no question that. Uh, to a large extent, what a mayor does um, and how a mayor represents himself becomes a reflection of the city. We did see that with Mayor Ravenstahl in the early days, too. He went on to the Letterman show. Um, and, and, you know, I have heard some grousing. Hey, if, if Luke Ravenstahl had gone on a reality TV show, what would people say about that? But, you know, honestly, when Luke Ravenstahl went on Letterman, I didn't hear too many people complain. And it's only in retrospect that I think people saw that as an issue. Well, and it's one thing to make a, a one-off appearance on a talk right. show. It's another thing to commit to a shooting schedule, which yeah. is a little more – takes up a little more time. Yeah. I mean, is that a legitimate uh, complaint or question? I think it just depends on how people feel about it. I mean, honestly, I give the guy credit for for Bill Baduto to go and like be down like working in public works, and that guy had a chainsaw. That's like damn for an East End progressive to hang out in like public works is like Daniel and Lions Den, man. <laughs> like, and that guy had a saw. So you know, I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think the net benefit is is definitely there. You know, he clearly has, and it's an important thing for Pittsburgh. I think to, to you know to get that message out there, and you know I certainly don't think that many people begrudge it. I do think there's a certain percentage of people who say there's a bit of a double standard, and there is some truth to that. But I think the net good outweighs that consideration. And the mayor also uh, has an interesting relationship with President Obama. Uh, when the when the president wanted to talk about early childhood education initiatives, he, uh, from from what I understand, got on the phone. Yeah. On a day when, he, in fact, he was scheduled to appear on Essential Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and called him and said, uh, can you get down to Washington today? Uh, and and, and um, the mayor uh, blew you off. Yes, he did. <laughs> he did. And that's and that's really my takeaway from yeah, it. But, course, but yeah. there's another. There has to be more than that. And and so, the 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 relationship with the with the president in terms of supporting that initiative. Yeah. Also, you know, the the president's stand on immigration is very yes. controversial. And Mayor Peduto is one of the office holders in America who said, "I firmly support yeah. you, Mr. President." Yeah. Yeah. What about that? I mean, I think, you know, I think that's totally consistent with um, Mr. Peduto's stance on immigration. I mean, the irony is we pay so much attention to immigration here in Pittsburgh, 
because we don't have as much of it as a lot of other cities do. But I think it's absolutely the right position for him to take. Having made the decision that this is where I stand on immigration, is he going to come out swinging for his Democratic president? Absolutely. It would be crazy for him not to do, right? And those kinds of relationships can pay dividends down the road. I mean, the other sort of political story, of course, in 2014, not a city story, but the election of Tom Wolf to governor. And if you go back and you look, two of the people who were supportive of Tom Wolf almost earlier than any other Democrat, at least in this part of the state, were Mayor Bill Peduto and County Executive Rich Fitzgerald. That's the kind of early support that tends to pay dividends down the road. So um, I, I think the mayor's very shrewd um, about about the kind of statements that he makes on behalf of and in support of um, other Democratic officials. In terms of making progress, uh, dealing with problems that face the city of Pittsburgh, this is only the first year for the yeah. mayor. But, I mean, there are issues with uh, finances and uh, benefits and pensions and tensions between uh, the city and the police and firemen's union. How would you assess the progress that has been made on that front in the past year? And what is, is the mayor and the city going to have to address going forward? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think again, the, it's a little too early to say in terms of the public safety stuff. I, you know, what we're going to see, we've got a contract with the fraternal order of police um, to, to hash out. There's also an ongoing uh, court debate about police residency. Police uh, were required to live in the city of Pittsburgh up until the legislature took a step uh, in 2013 to change the rules um, over the objections of Mr. Peduto, who kind of wanted to use residency as a bargaining chip um, in the contract negotiations. So all of that stuff has yet to be played out. I mean, I really do think that um, public safety and the, and the police bureau in particular are, are just the, the biggest issue that he is going to face. And, and that's been an issue for mayors going back for decades. I would say, too, that... The other issue I think that will come up uh, in 2015 potentially that isn't really a city issue is, is what happens with the Pittsburgh public schools. I had just wrote a piece earlier this week um, talking about the fact that with the um, Bill Eisler, who uh, has been a member of the school board for 16 years, kind of the elder statesman and steady hand, will not be running for reelection next year. Um, neither will Sherry Hazuda. Mark Brentley, another 16-year veteran, may not run. So what you're talking about is a year from now, just about, we will have a school board on which six and maybe seven of the members will have served less than a single term in that capacity. And when you consider there's a contract up for them for the teachers next year that elapses in June, Linda Lane, the superintendent's contract is up in 2016. There's been an ongoing dispute over the use of performance standards in terms of how we decide which teachers to keep and which to let go of. There are a lot of big issues coming down the pipe for that school board and for that district. And I think that's really, when you want to talk about what people move to a city for and stay in a city for, especially when they have kids, schools are a big part of that. And the mayor's only real nod towards that issue has been to convene a a kind of task force, which to date, I don't know, has accomplished a whole heck of a lot that people can point to. So I think that'll be a very interesting issue, maybe kind of a sleeper issue, but a really important one in the months ahead. Chris Potter of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joining us on this special edition of Essential Pittsburgh, looking back, looking ahead, talking about the major developments in the city of Pittsburgh during 2014. Chris, good to talk to you. Congratulations on your move across the city to from the weekly to the daily. Yes. <laughs> Coming up, we'll talk with John Mysick, editorial page editor of the Patriot News about state and regional events. This is a special edition of Essential Pittsburgh on 90.5 WESN.